What a time to be alive as a wrestling fan. WWE continuing to smash records, this time at Madison Square Garden, and it wasn't even a pay-per-view. We're going to discuss an incredible episode of SmackDown, some things that happened on Monday Night Raw. We're also going to dive into AEW and possibly the most entertaining storyline they've ever produced. But all the things that are good that are happening with AEW now can come with some bad things as the hammer has been dropped on a lot of rules. We're going to discuss all that and more on this edition of the Pipe Bomb Wrestling Podcast. The bomb drops now. What's up, all of you friendly, nice, and amazing? Oh, hi, everyone. We love you so much. This is the best. It's TSF. Was it Grillo? Hunter Knot. Oh, my God. And you're listening to the Pipe Bomb Wrestling Podcast, baby. Hello and welcome to this edition of the Pipe Bomb Wrestling Podcast, the show that is for the fans, by the fans. Thank you, TSF, and thank you, Andy York, for being here. We're in person two weeks in a row. Yeah. My name's Chris Belcher. This is the Pipe Bomb Wrestling Podcast. What a show it's going to be, man. It's loaded. It's loaded, man. We've got a lot of interesting topics to discuss today. We do. And it's going to be a lot of fun because there are going to be some... I think we're going to have some differing opinions on some stuff, and I think some we're going to weirdly agree on and i think if you're a normal viewer probably not the ones that you expect us to sure. to agree on so Agreed. i think it's going to be very interesting to see how this kind of falls down because there's a big week in wrestling next week's a big week in re- i feel like every week's a big week in wrestling from uh f- for the last like six months it's just been week after week you just can't miss raw dynamite or smackdown or the pay-per-views and you think from a you know peel back the curtain from a behind the scenes perspective after a Two pay-per-views in a row, we look at it from a content perspective from us, like, okay, what are we going to talk about? But then things just start falling in our lap, and we're like, oh my gosh, we've got a loaded show before we even realize it. Yeah, and that's part of, like, what's good and bad about, like, having WWE pay-per-views once a month Mm -hmm. is, like, they have to quickly start developing the next story to get to the pay-per-view, whereas AEW, they can take... A little more. Listen, but the, these months for AEW are like, there's one, then there's another one, then there's another one, then there's a break. <laughs> so right. like with WWE, there's like pay-per-view, cram this in, pay-per-view. So it, there's always something to to really dive into and talk about, especially when you got the greatest storyline in professional wrestling history and just everything else that's kind of around in both WWE and AEW. And we'll see how all that changes for AEW because that's been discussed. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll throw that in here in a little bit. Yeah. But if this is your first time checking us out, make sure that you follow along wherever you find your podcast. Whatever platform you want, that's where we're going to be. We drop the show each and every Friday. We also drop our fantasy booking show, PBWF, on a separate feed each and every Tuesday. So go check that out as well. Um, that show is also available wherever you find your podcast. This show is available on YouTube. If you want to see our smiling faces, that would be fantastic. Like that video, subscribe on the YouTube channel. We would appreciate it. Follow us at PBW Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And then make sure to support our friends over at Sportswire Radio as well as Wrestle Buddy. All right, Old School 101. We're going to do something a little different, Old School 101, this week. Andy, normally we like, to, we like to cover an old school topic each show that we do. This one, I found this on social media, and I wanted to throw this out as a fun question. What is your favorite wrestling talk show? 
You know, we've seen a lot of wrestling talk shows over the week. We've got Miz TV, the KO show, go all the way back to like the King's Court, Piper's Pit. Uh, we've seen a couple of iterations of that in AEW, but not nearly as much. Yeah. Uh, I remember the Brit one, but I think that's really all that AEW's done, right? Uh, that Brit one only lasted for a month so. or so. And I think so. Maybe Jericho did one. I don't remember if you, I know they've done like the debate segments. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if they've done talk shows. I don't think they've done a talk but show. But as yet. you look back at talk shows, man, the highlight reel, speaking of Jericho, the funeral parlor, the barber shop, uh, the peep show, all those things. If you had to pick, what would be your favorite talk show that you've seen in wrestling? Man, there's so many. And there, there's a lot of, of good ones. Um, I mean, the, the first ones that come to mind for me would be, like, the ones that I've seen the most of. Sure. Which would be, like, Ms. TV, because it's on, like, every week. There's a Ms. TV. I feel like on every Raw episode or every other Raw episode, there's at least one Ms. TV segment. Um, but then, like, you think of, like, the KO show mm-hmm. has been pretty good over the years. Um, Cutting Edge was yep. always really good. Mm-hmm. It's hard to pick against Jericho, though. It is. And the highlight right. reel. Like, the highlight reel is just, it's it's so good. I will say, when I think, though, of, like, a talk show, and it's probably because of the moment that happened, then the actual show itself, it's the barbershop. Yes. Because of the turn and yep. throwing his head through the glass and everything else. That's the most memorable, one of the most memorable things that happened during a talk show. Yep. But, like, if we're talking about the talk show itself highlight reel and probably my second favorite one would be Piper's pit just because Mm, I think Roddy Piper is one of the greatest on the mic of all time and just didn't care what he said. And I loved it. And that highlight that we always see of him smashing the coconut over Jimmy Snuka's head that happened on Piper's pit. Yeah. Um, funeral parlor was an underrated one. We saw a lot of stuff of the ultimate warrior and Hulk Hogan on the funeral parlor. Yeah. Uh, Paul Bear and the undertaker. But when I think of talk shows, man, I think of the ones that are impactful in ones that you can go back to more than one, because like you said, Ms. TV, we see it all the time, but I don't think you could point to Ms. TVs and be like, okay, this was a big moment in a storyline right. or whatever. Right. But I think between the highlight reel and the KO show. Yeah. Like those two really help push stories forward. Yeah. And I get that things like the barbershop, funeral parlor, brother love show, gotta give credit to that one. Yeah. Um, those were used more when WWF did a series of tapings. So that was an interesting way to break things up, do interviews, right. that kind of thing. So these talk shows have developed throughout the years. Yeah. So you can't fault one or the other. Right. But I, I think this is an easy one for me. I think it's Jericho, and I think it's Kevin Owens. Yeah, I mean, listen, we saw the greatest Kevin Owens show live. Yes, In person did. with Stone Cold Steve. Like, even though it turned into a match, like, just the fact that it was labeled as the Kevin Owens show in Texas, all like, it's not something that he does a lot of. Right. And when he does do it, though, they're, they're pretty important things mm-hmm. that, that they do. Um, I will tell you the two worst, probably. Uh-oh. Um, cause I, I have gone back and watched several stuff and I do not remember anything from the peep show with Christian. Yeah. I don't remember like, that. There's one not either. a lot. And the only thing I remember from the asylum one, Dean Ambrose's one is oh, yeah. Mitch the plant. Yeah. That's the only <laughs> thing I remember was Mitch the plant. Cause I think that was when he was feeding with Jericho. Yeah, well, that's, I think that's the only reason he did that show was just for Mitch the plant and, and Jericho. Yeah. Yep. And it, listen, it was fine. The match that we got, the Ambrose asylum match was 
First time we got thumbtacks in WWE that's years, true. which I that's the only thing I remember from yep. from that is Jericho being dropped on thumbtacks. But those are probably the two like, yeah, they're fine. Corey Graves had one for a hot minute, and Sami Zayn said AEW. AEW yeah, that was over. That that did not last very long. No, I heard, but I heard he was allowed, like he was given permission, right, to say that. I believe but, that, but but the backlash from it was just like, why would you say you're not good? Yeah, it was yeah. Um, but anyway, so that's fun. Like wrestling talk shows are always fun because, again, if they spin the story forward correctly, yeah, it, it makes sense. It's very impactful. Yeah, we remember specific ones. Like I can remember the highlight reel. Everybody remembers the one of Sean getting thrown yeah. through the Jerotron five thousand. Yeah. Um, and just. The highlight reel just created because Jericho wanted his spot and he wasn't given his spot on the roster. So he yeah. made his own talk show and, you know, he had the ridiculous carpet and <laughs> it was just, it was super cool. So I, I'm, that, those are two I'm going to go with. You know, what's crazy is like some people that you think would have a talk show that didn't, like The Rock. I feel like him having mm, a talk yeah. show would have been really good. I think of like Punk having a talk show would be really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say. Because I think, I mean, we just saw it here recently. We'll talk about it a little later. I think we could be putting the Grayson Waller effect yeah. in this list in the near future. Because that's all they've been using him for SmackDown. But then this past week, it it went from like a zero to a hundred really quickly and got really good. Not to dive too much into that, but I just wonder if that means we won't get the Grayson Waller effect as, as much. much. Probably not. Now which I'm fine with. Well, yeah, it's, it is. Yeah. It is what it is. But yeah, that that was a good. A good show for a couple of weeks, yeah. making sure to keep him featured and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, favorite talk shows, go back and check out your favorite talk show memories on the Peacock Network. Lots of good stuff happened on those talk shows, uh, stuff that you don't want to miss. Uh, other things that you don't want to miss is over at Wrestle Buddy. Fantastic articles, fantastic podcast hosted by our boy Tyler Peters. Go back and check that out. Andy and I both have articles on the Wrestle Buddy website, so go check out our work over there, as well as Alex um, and Jim. Jimmy Bay Bay and all the crew over there. They do a fantastic job. So support WrestleBuddy. It's a great spot for some wrestling news and opinions and all, and all the things. Yep. So go check out WrestleBuddy. They would appreciate it, and we would as well. All right, Andy, let's answer the biggest questions in the world of wrestling. And the first big question, man, came down yesterday as we're recording this on a Friday, so yesterday on Thursday. The news comes down about the AEW banned list, um, and we, we've seen things that they would normally do are either going to get cut back on or banned totally. Uh, things like chair shots to the head, buckle bombs even, spitting, bleeding while in the crowd, taking, thing, taking food and drinks from fans. Uh, They're going to require pre-approval for a lot of spots. Man, as you look through this list, and and we don't have time to dive into each and every one of them, right? but like as you look through this list, what do you make of it? Like it it literally looks like, by releasing this list, that AEW is, it's like a totally different wrestling company. Yeah, it is, but I also think they did this to probably appease Warner Brothers. That's what I think. More than anything. Because I don't... I think that a lot of this list, like the major stuff, they'll stick to. Like, Mm. it's probably smart not to bleed in the audience. That's probably a pretty good... That's probably a pretty good idea. Um, Taking food and drink from the audience members, probably not a good idea. Um, Getting physical with audience members, not a good idea. Um, I think we'll see chair shots to the head 
but not unprotected chair shots to the head, like what Cody did with yep. Sean Spears. I don't. I I doubt we see that anymore. All that stuff is for the safety of the wrestlers and the fans. Yep. All for that. I think that's that's very very important. I think you can get away with it on independent wrestling shows, but on on broadcast TV shows, I think you got to be smarter about that. I think I think that's that's smart. I think on some of this other stuff, they mentioned it now. And it will never be brought up again. Well, because I look at this list. The first thing that that um, jumped out to me, spots and bumps on the ring apron. Okay, get that. But on the outside of the ring. Yeah. Nothing on the outside of the ring. Well, without being pre-approved, top rope moves have to now be approved. Yeah, which I get because, like, you have the Dante Allen or Dante Martin. Dante Allen was a Kentucky basketball player. Dante Martin uh, ankle spot. Mm-hmm. Where he got really injured and a couple other things. I think. I think. But but I, think I also think is, like I also think like you remove those weapons and and if if we're reading this yeah. rightly, remove the tables and all that kind of stuff. Those things still have to get pre-approved though. Yeah. If I'm reading this right. But I don't think it's going to change anything. Like I think the producers right. and stuff are still going to approve most of what they they yep. do as unless it's like you know. Charlotte wanting to do the corkscrew moonsault off the top of the cell. And they were like, you'll probably die if you yep. do that. That's that's fine. Like, that's smart yep. not to do that. I think that's good because I think it, I mean, listen, part of the, the draw about AEW is they get to do the stuff that WWE doesn't get to do. Correct. But part of of the, the drawback from that is you're shortening your career a lot more. Yep. And so you got to take the good with the bad. I don't think a lot of it. I I really don't think AEW is going to change a lot. I don't. I don't, I don't think we're going to see a big change. I think that once again, this was just a list. They have to get stuff approved. That's fine. People are going to approve it, unless, like I said, it's it's just completely stupid. Um, and it's 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 for protection. It is. I saw Eric Bischoff on Twitter already calling AEW PG. Listen, <laughs> Eric Bischoff, I I take what he says about running a company with a grain of salt because he had one of the hottest wrestling companies in the world and literally drove it into the ground. He did. So I don't trust a lot of what he says. He drove it up the mountain and down the other side. Yes, he did. Very quickly. <laughs> very quickly on both sides. Um, and it's not like, because I think when people saw the band list, the first thing they were like, oh no, no more blood. You're, they're still going to bleed. Like, listen, John Moxley's in this company. He's going to bleed whether he's allowed to or not. It's either that or John Moxley's going to go hand in his resignation and go to CCW exactly, and just bleed wherever he wants. Exactly. Yeah. So I just I think honestly this was to appease Warner Brothers because listen, there's an actor strike, there's a writer strike going on right now, yep. and AEW is in high demand in Warner Brothers. Sure. If you look at if you look at what Warner Brothers thinks of AEW, they think very very highly of what sure they're they doing. Do. And because of that, they're probably doing this so they can get paid big time, and then they're probably just going to go and do what they want to do after that. I think so, too. I mean, again, looking through this list, all pile driver and tombstone variations. Like, so Hangman's going to have to get permission to do the dead, dead eye, eye yeah. every time that he does it? Probably. You know? He's probably, honestly, do you know what the conversation is going to be? Hey, I'm doing a dead eye in this match. Okay. Okay. There's, the, appro- there's the approval. Yeah. Like, and I, you know, and I think it's smart, too, because – You've got a lot of young guys, a lot of green guys. Sure. And and you trust, like, I I trust the Brian Danielson. I trust the Kenny Omega. I trust the Adam Hangman Page. Nick Wayne, who was just on, 18 years old. Kid's great. Like, if you watched his match with Swerve, amazing. Yep. Don't necessarily trust him to the extent that I trust a lot of the guys. So this is to help them learn the ropes, stay safe, 
and get to that point. Well, I think AEW too. I'm not saying that they listen to this podcast, but if you do, thank you so much. Yeah, um, I'll take the check, Tony. Yeah, please, please, Tony. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, but all that to say, like we talk about this podcast all the time, and I think we talked specifically here recently in the the spot that I'm thinking. Of, oh, the Tiger Driver Tiger 91. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that spot, you know, sprung a discussion of unnecessary spots and risks that some AEW right. guys take on pay per view. Probably a little bit different, but right? Some crazy stuff that they do on Dynamite. Yeah, we got blood and guts coming up that yeah. we're going to talk about. That kind of thing, you know. Some TV things probably need to be reined back a little bit. And like you said, it's for the safety of these guys, so it's probably a good thing. But you know, you said you don't think it's going to change. But if you had to say, oh, well, AEW is going to change some things. What do you think? as an AEW fan, mm-hmm. that it would be okay for them to change and the fan base wouldn't have such a harsh reaction to feel like that AEW's going WWE. You know what I mean? I mean, if they outright ban pile drivers, if they outright ban bleeding, if they outright banned some of the language that they're allowed yep. to use. Mm-hmm. I just, I think, I just, I think what makes AEW AEW is they are doing the things and we'll, we'll talk about this when we talk about some NXT stuff here in a minute. Yep. They are doing the things that the WWE main roster are not allowed to do. Yeah. And because of that, the fans like me who don't mind a little bleeding, mm-hmm. don't mind a little violence, don't mind, yep. you know, some of this stuff. Oh yeah. I'm going to tune in to watch this because sure. I get to watch it and it's people that I care about and, and really enjoy. So I think if they started going like off the walls with that, I think that would be, the problem, but like you said, it this only applies to TV. Like yeah. pay per view stuff, pay per views are still going to be pay per views, and they're right. and they're still you're probably still going to get the Tiger Driver ninety one spot, and you're still right. probably going to get, you know, some other ridiculously stupid stuff that like, you're going to see. Speaking of pay per views, we had a big discussion about Brian Danielson faking the seizure, yeah. in the match. You know, I think that has a lot to do with this yeah. too, because uh, one of the points in here is. Injury spots or angles, whether medical is involved or not, yeah. has to be pre-approved and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I think that has a lot to do with it, too. Yeah, I, I agree. And I th- I think, if I remember correctly, he did that as well when he took the power bomb from Kevin Owens off the apron. I think he was... <laughs> I think oh, I, don't I think there's a WWE spot where he's... This is what he does. And so, right. and again, I think a lot of guys... I think a lot of the veteran guys are going to get away with a lot more yes. than the young guys. And that's just because they have earned that. I mean, it's like Brock. If Brock wants to bleed, Brock's going to bleed. And nobody's going to tell him not to bleed. Right. Same's going to be true for guys like Mox and Omega and the yep. Bucks and Danielson and some of these other guys. For sure. Um, I'm in looking at this as I'm looking through an article for, you know, context purposes. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to my buddy, Connor Casey, who writes for comicbook.com. That's the article that I'm referencing. He had an exclusive interview with Tony Khan that's linked to that article. So seek that out on comicbook.com. That is a sister company of the company that I work for. So um, shout out to Connor Casey and that crew for producing some great content. In all of the talk about the bands and all that kind of stuff, another thing that came out this week is the rumor of there's always been rumors of AEW and their streaming stuff and all that all that yeah. kind of stuff. But also coming out this week is the idea that Warner Brothers wants them to do monthly pay-per-views. Yeah. I know that again, opposite of WWE, a lot of AEW fans love that. 
And we've talked about some of the drawbacks that might come with an AEW monthly pay-per-view. Right. But now that you seemingly have separate rosters with Collision, I'm not saying do an exclusive Collision pay-per-view, but maybe it gives you more freedom to be able to get away with monthly pay-per-views and it not feel like too much. Yeah, I think you could. Um, personally, I would stick away. I would stay away from monthly pay-per-views. I think, listen, I've always said, I think in the early stages of AEW, having four pay-per-views a year was perfect. Yep. Absolutely perfect. I think now they could get away with doing like six to seven pay-per-views a year and be fine. And I think that's probably the direction they're going to head into. I don't think a monthly pay-per-view is going to be, is, is going to work out for a lot of people. And if they are going to go to the monthly, please, for the love of God, put it on HBO max, right? Please don't make us pay 50 bucks every month. Cause no offense to WWE. I trust AEW pay-per-views wrestling wise to be good. Most of the time, every single time we watch, there are a couple of WWE pay-per-views before the network that I was like, I cannot believe I paid 50 bucks for this. Yes. Like this is, this is I, the one I remember the most was the main event was John Laurinaitis versus John Cena. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I paid 50 bucks for this. Yeah. And this is horrible. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't think we're heading that direction. I think though, I get one of bro- like Warner brothers is like, Oh, people love these. Let's get more of these mm-hmm. people love them because they are so few. <laughs> like right. that, that's, you got to look at it from why we actually care about it. But like I said, if you add two or three more to the schedule, I think I think you'll be fine. Just not 12. Just not 12. Yeah, so with all this talk with AEW and the bands and the pay-per-views and all that kind of stuff, we we look at what's going to change with AEW, what are they going to take away, and if they do, in fact, take some of these things away, one of the things that has to improve in AEW, in my opinion at least, is their storytelling. Right now, we look at AEW, and we look, there's some fantastic storytelling with Adam Cole and with MJF. Yep. These guys keep knocking it out of the park each and every week. It's it's probably the most entertaining thing we've seen from a world champion perspective yeah. in AEW. But I guess my question in looking at this feud with Adam Cole and MJF and this storyline that they're doing is this the most entertaining AEW storyline that you've seen yet? Um, I mean, it's absolutely one of them. Yep. Um, and it depends on what you mean by entertaining, too, because, like, sure. okay. I've, I've really enjoyed the BCC and the Elite story okay. that they've been telling um, because I think, there's, I think there's a little bit of everything with drama and, you know, you can tell that Kenny has a lot involved in this because it's definitely like an anime and, sure. it, and it works really well from yep. time to time. Yep. The only like, if we're talking about like funny mm-hmm. that leads to somewhere where somebody's going to get hated a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard to look back and not think of like MJF and Chris Jericho the when they circle. were together, yep. like the, them going to dinner and yes. singing and all of that stuff was just yep. amazing stuff. Um, some of the MJF Cody stuff, was very entertaining. Yep. But it ran its course pretty quickly. Um this I mean, honestly, it might be like the most entertaining where both guys are just doing everything they can to make yep. this work. And the skits that they do couldn't like the skits that they do could very easily not work. And this whole thing could be ruined. Right. But the last two that they've done Oh my gosh. Listen, I felt I felt sympathy for MJF. Yep. When he's Adam Cole said, "You've never played a multiplayer game before," and he was like, "You got to have friends for that." I was like, "Oh man, is MJF <laughs> going to make me feel bad for right. him right now?" Uh, 
what this does tell me, though, what this storyline does tell me, is if MJF ever turns babyface and just stays the same way that he is, he might be the biggest babyface, not only in AEW history, but like the biggest babyface of this generation. Because it's going to work. It's going to work, and yep. it's going to be... I, I'm looking forward to the day, but I'm also not ready for it because his heels... When he turns on Adam Cole... If he turns on Adam Cole, because I think there's a chance that I Cole was could turn. Ready to say. I think there's a chance that Cole could turn. But if MJF is the one that turns, just the hatred that that man is going to have is just going to be amazing. Well, see, I think that I think it's very possible that if you're looking at it from a perspective of where are you going next, yeah. If Adam Cole is the one to turn, Adam Cole is the one to take the title from MJF as a heel. Then you get Adam Cole versus Kenny Omega. Omega's the baby face. Yeah. Cole's the heel. Yeah. You can go, you know, Mox is a tweener, so you get Mox and Cole yeah. if you go that way. So there's a lot of different options for both ways. But like you said, if MJF ends up being the baby face and just stays the way that he is, especially if Cole's the one to make the oh, turn. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It will be wild. It is going to be wild. I, and I've already told you, like, my my Better Than You Bebe shirt is on the way. Yeah. Like, it's here, like, next week. And I, I'm uh, Dynamite's in Nashville in, like, a month. It is. I yeah. already got my tickets. Guess what T-shirt I'm wearing it's when amazing. I go. I'm looking forward to it. But, yeah, I, I it's, it's definitely one of the most entertaining things that – AEW has done is is this. I think it's the most entertaining from my perspective. Like if I had to pick a, this one is one that I'm literally I'm not the biggest of AEW fans, mm -hmm. but this is one that I literally can't wait to see what happens the yeah. next week. Yeah. And that's how I know that it is at least the most entertaining to me. Yeah. Because I can tell you I've probably never felt that way about an AEW story yeah. before until now. Yeah, I think probably like the only other ones I've thought like the only other ones that I felt that way about was, um, like I said, the Jericho MJF one. Mm -hmm. Early, early on, man. Like some of the stories that they told early, early on between uh, the Bucks and Kenny and Page, that mm -hmm. tag match. Like, yeah, you couldn't true. miss that those those, those TVs going into that's it. True. Um, and all this like elite BCC stuff has yep. just been off the wall. I will say this: AEW for the I think for the first time because normally. They have one story that is the main focus. Yes. And yes. then everything else kind of falls into that. Now, like, the Elite BCC is a very prominent story yep. in AEW. you got MJF, Adam Cole, a very prominent story. You look over on the collision side, and you've got Punk and Joe, a very, very prominent story. Yep. Um, there's a lot of stuff that is... They're starting to find their way on the storytelling aspect mm -hmm. a lot, and it's it's starting to work really well for them. Yep, it is. So taking all those things away from them might might not hurt them too bad if might not. If, if the storylines are, are starting yeah. to do what they're but supposed to do. But if they take away bleeding from Moxley, I'm not going to be happy. Yeah, Moxley's <laughs> not going to be happy either. <laughs> speaking of Moxley, speaking of bleeding, speaking of the BCC it's gonna and be ugly the next week, boys. Next week is going to be ugly, the ladies and gentlemen. beautiful way possible. Blood and guts coming to us on the BCC side. We're going to have Mox, Claudio, Wheeler, Yuta, Takeshita, and Pac oh, making so his return on Dynamite, taking on Omega, Hangman, the Bucks, and Kota Ibushi. Star-studded field, man. Yeah. Pac showed up on Dynamite. Abushi did not. Apparently, rumor is Omega couldn't find him at the airport. Something happened with his travel. <laughs> he was supposed to be there, apparently. Yeah. Um, apparently, something. I, I don't know. It this happens. Rumor. But having said that, with this star-studded field, I know I just asked you if 
colon MJF mm-hmm. was the best storyline ever. But could this be the best blood and guts ma- blood and guts match at least to date? But could set the standard for blood and guts. I, absolutely, I I think this I think this is going to be because the first one was really good. Yep. And then the second one was with MJF and Chris Jericho, which the match was fine. Yep. The finish was not. <laughs> like right. the finish was a little rough. I think this one is just going to be brutal. Yep. <laughs> and it's because here's the thing: we know who Moxley is, and we know how sadistic Moxley is. Mm-hmm. Kenny and the Bucks are pretty sadistic too. I in mean, what they do. Matt Jackson uses a thumbtack shoe. He uses a. a Firework shoot. He just he blew, blew off he Moxley's face. Blew off Moxley. What are they gonna do? Like what? What's left? Uh, I'm afraid to ask because I mean it could be it could be brutal what they do. But here's the thing: Pack is brutal, brutal as well. And if you look at some of the stuff Kota Ibushi has done in New Japan, you want to talk about one of the stiffest workers. Yep, he is absolutely stiff. If you go watch. His um, Cruiserweight Classic stuff, which it's crazy to me that he was in NXT for like a month doing mm-hmm. the Cruiserweight Classic stuff. His matches were just intense yep. and brutal. And I I have I've always looked forward to the Blood and Guts matches. Mm-hmm. This is one that like I it's at the top of my list. Yep. I think it's gonna be one of the best Blood and, Gut, Blood and Guts matches in AW history. I think it could potentially be one of the best war games matches in wrestling history. I think it's going to be insane. Definitely one of the best AEW matches in history oh, yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, yeah, these guys are going to go all out if 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 Katie has a problem with blood like she does. No, she won't watch this. I recommend me. she does not watch this no, match. I, I told her. It's going to be wild. Most of the, like, if John Moxley shows up, she's like, I'm afraid to watch. That's why, like, full disclosure, where we're sitting, we're sitting right where Moxley comes out. Yeah. Like on the aisle right by it. So like he'll walk right past us if, if he's going to be on the show. She was like, do you think he'll bleed? I'm like, Katie, if he wrestles, absolutely he's yep. going to bleed. And he's going to come back through that way too probably. Not now because of the, the sure. crowd thing. But before that, I was like, he may bleed on us. <laughs> like he just, he might. You never right. know. It's it's going to be insane, man. I'm looking forward to it. I think it, if it's not the best blood and guts match of all time, it will certainly be the most brutal. Yeah. Absolutely. It'll be the most physical. Yep. Like it'll, it'll, the forks and stuff that the JAS use will pale in comparison to yes. some of the stuff that they're going to use. And especially because of all these rules that just came down and everybody's going to be like on edge, like, oh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? What are they going to take away? And I bet they break every single I, rule. That's what, I, that's what I was getting ready to say. I think every one of them is out the window yeah. and it makes this match even more special. And it, it, honestly, this will probably be the DX moment for AEW. Whereas, yeah. like, here's the list of things you're not allowed to say. And then they literally just took the list and it, said it on live TV. It and they were like, Oh, that was great. We loved it. Yep. Like I could see that being that kind of this kind of moment. Like, hey, no like no nothing crazy, like no buckle bomb. Listen, there may be a buckle bomb from the top of the cage onto the, the turnbuckle. I I I would be shocked if we don't see a buckle bomb. Yeah. Show up. That's an easy one. That's, that's an a, easy one. That's an easy one to do for yeah. sure. I, it's it's going to be crazy what they do. It absolutely is going to be crazy. Uh you mentioned Kota Ibushi being in the Cruiserweight Classic. There's a lot of guys that were in the Cruiserweight Classic. And the May Young Classic that we didn't know were there. Like, especially yeah. if you go back and watch it now, like Aubrey Edwards refereed a match. She yeah. refereed the match yeah. that uh, Tegan Knox tore ACL in. Yeah. And, you know, Abushi was there and just all these crazy people were there. Yeah. So if you find yourself needing something to watch in the world of wrestling, I'll go t- find those. I'll tell you the one to go find. It's the one that they literally were chanting to sign Cedric Alexander after. Yes. That's Cedric Alexander versus Kota Abushi. Yeah. It is. 
Yeah. It's probably the best match of that of that tournament. It's go back and check those out. All that to say though, we're going to transition, we're going to talk about some NXT. This prompt was on social media the other day and especially with how much Andy and I love the black and gold, the black and gold being Andy Starcade 97. Um with, with I know I'm I, sorry. Um, <laughs> Started twitching a little bit. I know. <laughs> so with all that being said, like this was a perfect topic for us to talk about. We talk about Mount Rushmore's all the time, but on this show, on the show, we have never brought up who is on the Mount Rushmore mm-hmm. of NXT. So that's what we're gonna do today. Andy, you gotta pick four. If you have to go to a secondary Mount Rushmore, that's fine. Yeah, but your top. Four NXT superstars of all time. Who would be that? So we're doing men and women combined. All of them one uh, one. All of them. So, one. in my opinion, there are a lot of people that should be on this Mount Rushmore. Yep. <laughs> but I think there are only three for me that, like, if I'm doing this, they were the first three I thought of. And I have three as well. I'm interested to see if we have the same. So three. my three, and I think he is the greatest NXT. Superstar slash wrestler of all time is Adam Cole. Oh, so Adam Cole is number one on my list. Number two is Bailey. Wow, and number three is Sasha. Absolutely not the three that I picked. Those are the three to me. Like when I think of the black and gold NXT, I think of Bailey and Sasha literally having one of the best, if not the best, NXT matches. Um, probably. One of the best, if not the best, WWE women's matches of yep. all time in mm-hmm. that uh, Barclays. Yep. And just the story that those two were able to tell, the stuff Bailey was able to do even before and after post-Sasha uh, was just amazing to see the stuff she could do. So I, to me, those are three are the locks. Yep. The fourth one is the difficult one. I'll let you give your three, and then okay. we'll, we'll talk about who the fourth man is. Well, there's not going to be much discussion on the fourth one for me because – my fourth one is one of your locks, okay. so that's fine. My three, you said Adam Cole is the greatest of all time. No, Adam Cole is not Mr. NXT. Mr. NXT is Johnny freaking wrestling. Johnny Gargano is the lock for this Mount Rushmore mm-hmm. for NXT. It's Johnny Gargano. The other two that are locks for me, Asuka and Finn Balor. Those yeah. are my locks. Yeah. Got to have those three on there. See, I agree that Johnny was like the heart and soul of NXT. There was some stuff Johnny did that, that I like was fine. Like mm. the way was not necessarily my favorite thing that mm. he did. Okay. Um, there's a couple other things he did. That, like he was great. I love Johnny. I'm not, yep. I'm not trying to bury Johnny. Cause if you listen to our podcast, I'm very upset that he's not been on raw for sure. like the last two yep. months. It's annoying. Um, when you look at the most consistent wrestler and the one that had the best match on the night every single time, to me, that was Adam Cole. Sure. Because, like, you look at the ladder match that he had um, in, I think that was New Orleans, where he won the, the North, North American, American title, title yep. mm-hmm. later that night in the tag match. One again. One amazing. Yep. It was fantastic. His matches with Johnny for the title mm-hmm. were great. Um, his debut was amazing. Was amazing against Drew McIntyre. It's like when I th- when I think war games, war every single war games match uh, before. Yes. Uh, every every single NXT war games match. Yep. Even now, like he's still been. He's the one guy that's been except the two point oh one. I don't count that one. Um, 
just saying, if you want to put Braun Breaker or Grayson Waller that's not NXT. or whatever. That's on, not NXT. It can be. Um, but I, like when I think of NXT, I think of Adam Cole. Yep. Um, well, there's no arguing with, with that for yeah. me because Adam Cole's my fourth yeah. on my Mount Rushmore. So yeah. I've got Gargano, Asuka, Finn Balor, and Adam Cole. Yeah. Those are my guys. Yeah. Bailey and Sasha, to me, are like, they have to be on there because mm-hmm. they they made the women's division what it was. They started that incredible run of women talent that came into NXT sure. for that time period. Sure. Um, the fourth one for me, and this is where it gets tricky because like, I think Finn has to be on here. Yeah, I think Kevin Owens has to be on here. Kevin Owens is one I wrestled. I with think Oscar well. has to be on here. Mm-hmm. I think there's a a discussion of Rhea Ripley being on here. Um, I think there's a discussion for Keith Lee to be on here. To be completely honest with you, mm. the one Shayna Baszler, Shayna Baszler, the one I keep coming back to, mm. and it's the one that I put in my fourth spot. Okay, before there was Johnny Wrestling, there was Sami Zayn. Okay, and I think Sami Zayn, what he was able to do. And how much the fans not just adored him, but like worshiped the ground that that man walked on. Yep. I think Sami Zayn has to be on this. Wow. So we agreed on one person. Yeah. On the NXT Mount yeah. Rushmore. I can't believe you did a Mount Rushmore without Johnny Gargano for NXT. I can't believe that. Um. All right. Yeah. I, so solidify your four. That's my four. You're Those going four. with Adam Cole. Uh, I'm a separate beggar. Bailey. Sasha Banks and Sami Zayn. Okay. And my four, Adam Cole, Finn Balor, Oscar, mm-hmm. and Johnny Gargano. Now, if we were doing a second one, I would throw in like Kevin Owens, um, Oscar would be on mine. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I want to put Samoa Joe on this list too. Uh, he's another one that like, I, I think about Joe, too. I think Joe has to be on this list. And so many Tommaso Champa is a guy we haven't even mentioned Champa, yet. Like Champa, Champa would. Uh, I think Champa would be on my second one. He probably would be because here's the other thing. Like, I could put I could put the revival on here. Yeah, I could put American Alpha on here because American Alpha in NXT was yep. amazing. Yep. Um, I think Pete Dunne could be on here. Mm, that's a good. If one. we're talking about NXT, I'm putting Walter on here because technically NXT UK, the dude literally dominated everybody. I mean, we haven't even mentioned Alistair Black. Alistair Andrade, Black, Andrade. Um, so Drew many. Drew McIntyre, but he was only there for a hot minute. A yeah. Hot minute. Yeah, I felt um, like Andrade was only a hot minute, too. Yeah. Um, um, so many people, though, man. I mean, look at the, all the women's talent over there. Tony Storm yeah. had a good run in NXT. Yeah. Um, Charlotte's wasn't as big, obviously, as it is mm-hmm. on the main roster. but Becky you, is, too. Becky as well. Yeah. But still, so many great women's talents yep. in NXT. Uh, Io Shirai. Yeah. Uh, Bianca Belair. Kyrie Sane. Kyrie Sane. I mean, my goodness. Yeah. Black and gold, uh, 2.0, however you want to look at it, man. Because you look at the 2.0 talent. I mean, I'm not saying they're better than all these. Right, right, right. But the ce- there is no ceiling for Carmelo Hayes at this <laughs> no, point. there's not. Like, that dude is incredible. Braun yep. Breaker is doing, it continues to grow and do the best work he has ever done. Yeah. Ilya Dragunov doing some stuff. Wesley yeah. uh, making a name for himself as a singles guy. You know, yeah. everybody wondered what would happen after Nash Carter left. Yeah, Wesley doing some crazy Dragon, stuff. Listen, Dragon Lee. If Dragon Lee gets called up to the main roster, he he'll be like the next Ricochet. Yeah, for them, Ricochet. There's yeah, a num- yeah. My gosh. Yeah. So just so many guys. And you know, 
there's one other person that I would put on this list if they didn't screw everything up for their career. Uh-oh. Because it's hard. Because you look at the stuff Velveteen Dream did. Yes. And it, it was amazing, the stuff that he did. Obviously, now there's no way I'd put him anywhere near <laughs> any of these lists. Right. Whatever. But the stuff that he did in NXT was, was fantastic. I honestly think we need to do an episode where we talk about our top 10 favorite NXT matches of all time. Okay. Because, because there are so many. Yep. They're like, I just absolutely adore Like when I feel like watching wrestling, most of the time I go back and watch black and gold NXT yeah. because kind of what I'm talking about with AEW now, it gave us during that time period where we didn't really have it on weekly TV. It didn't give, like we didn't have that kind of wrestling. Yeah. We just had sports entertainment. Right. NXT. I don't really call it sports entertainment. Right. It was, it was ring of honor, professional wrestling. Yep. Amazing stuff. It was incredible. Um, yeah, do yourself a favor, and if you're listening to this podcast right now, go back and watch an NXT match this week. Don't care what it is. Uh, you'll absolutely have a load of fun yep. when you do. If I'm recommending one, though, you know, I'm I'm biased. Gargano and Adam Cole, yeah. and you can go watch a War Games match, yeah. a ladder match. And, I will say Johnny Gargano probably has the best NXT match of all time with Andrade. It's the only five-star NXT match. Yep. And Which it, is a it's, travesty. It's amazing. We're not getting into that discussion yet. It's amazing. That's a travesty. It's such a good match. Uh, travesty that's only the only five-star match. And you know what's crazy about TakeOver? Because we talk about AEW all the time, like being consistent in their pay-per-views. The worst NXT TakeOver of the year was by far better than probably, like especially during this era of mm. NXT, the worst NXT TakeOver was light years ahead of the best main roster pay-per-view, more than likely. I wouldn't say WrestleMania. The TakeOver of WrestleMania weekends were always better than WrestleMania, in my opinion. Uh, In-ring perspective and like from start, from start to bottom, it, it, they were hard to beat. I have a hard time saying that TakeOver New Orleans was better than WrestleMania in New Orleans at 34. See, um, I don't. In ring wise, it was absolutely phenomenal. I just, I, of course, I'm biased, right? But I, I, I would agree with you until mm. you get to WrestleMania. Yeah, that's where I would say it might not be better than WrestleMania, but Dagum, it's absolutely num. It's right up there. Yeah. So, like, you think of the best WWE pay per views of the year, regardless, mm. it would all uh, to me. WrestleMania and then the best NXT show is is right there. Yeah, I um, think I think honestly. It's, was specifically 34. Third, NXT 30, uh, TakeOver New Orleans, probably the greatest NXT TakeOver of all time. Yes, it is. There's arguments for some other ones, but that one was like... Perfect. Perfect. Yep. There was a lot in WrestleMania 34 I enjoyed. Yep. There was a lot that I just could do without. Mm. And because of that, I think NXT... I think the TakeOvers always left me... Like, there was never a low, low, low moment for the TakeOvers. Right. And I just... I, to me, that you can't get past that... But man, they were they were some the takeovers the, the NXT takeovers even with the AEW pay per view crowd the NXT takeover crowd will never be matched right and it Absolutely. was just amazing what they did yep no doubt I mean I was biased because I was at New Orleans both takeover and WrestleMania so mm-hmm. there's that but uh, regardless yes we'll talk more black and gold here in the future because it's a fun topic uh, to dive into appreciate you guys joining us if this is your first time please make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you find it whatever platform you want to use hit that subscribe button like the video and subscribe to our YouTube channel we would appreciate it this is the Pipe Bomb Wrestling Podcast if this is your first time joining us make sure that you go back and check out past episodes it's available both on our YouTube channel and in the podcast feed 
Go check it out. Follow us on social media. He is at Andy underscore PBWP. And I'm at Chris Belcher 24. Show drops each and every Friday. Make sure you... Uh, Make sure you subscribe so you get a notification every time it gets dropped. Make sure you also check out the PBWF, our fantasy booking show, on Tuesdays. A lot, a lot of fun. I know uh, earlier this week, pay-per-view number three and the Lethal Lottery. That episode dropped. What a load of fun it was. For some people. For some people. (laughs) That's exactly right. For some people. So the second half of season two of PBWF is about to kick off. So make sure you're subscribed there, especially if you like fantasy booking. Um, Go check out our friends over at Sportswire Radio. If you're listening to this on Sportswire Radio, make sure you keep it tuned in right here to Tom and all the great content that he has, whether it's wrestling, whether it's football season's coming up. So there's going to be a lot of stuff coming with that. Make sure you're tuned in to Sports Hour Radio and Wrestle Buddy. Go check out the fantastic stuff over there. All right, Andy, as we get ready to close up shop, lots of quick hitters to get to here. Uh, WWE SmackDown, I mentioned it in the open, just smashing records. Highest grossing domestic SmackDown ever, yep. only up next to the London SmackDown yeah. last week yeah. or two weeks ago. What? Two weeks ago. Uh, yeah. Two weeks ago. Only up next to that and. It is the highest-grossing WWE event at Madison Square Garden in history. Which is crazy. It's insane. Because there's been some massive, massive shows at Madison Three Square Garden. Three WrestleManias have been at Madison Square yeah. Garden. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah, listen, I I think I think what they did Friday night was unbelievable. It was It wild. was absolutely remarkable what they did. I mean, I have some complaints because the Bloodline segment was... Very long, mm-hmm. but at the same time, didn't feel long when we were watching it live. Like yep. it, it didn't feel that long. Plus, I saw that there's been like, and I'm not a big ratings guy, yep. but the bloodline segment. I, I I don't know if the numbers been finalized or not, but there was like three million people watching it. It's insane. The bloodline segment alone, which is wow. ridiculous. Um, but I wasn't like the only thing on the show. Like there, there was right. a really really good show. It was really good SmackDown and. The crowd was hot. The yes. crowd was was fired up for it, and I'm sure we're gonna get more of these smashing records if we're heading if we continues in the positives directions that we're heading and stay away from a certain senile old man. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned the bloodline segment. I felt like it started going too long when the beatdown started. Yeah, like once we got there, it seemed to go on just a. It little went longer long. than it was supposed to. Yeah, I'm sure it did. Yeah, cause sure it, did, because because the rest of the show was rushed. Like it was, they were rushed. AJ it. and Cross got nothing, and that was supposed to be like yeah. the blow off between them. They yeah. they didn't get a lot of time at all, which was annoying. But huge ovation for the Usos. Yeah, but a huge pop in a positive way for Roman reigns like i remember the last couple times they've done madison square garden it seems like that's where he gets his biggest positive reaction and as they say if you're over in the garden you can be over anywhere yeah it was just a wild segment uh roman and Heyman both crying you had solo looking down at the red lay yeah people just you could feel the ground swell put it on oh my gosh Michael Cole said hospital when they came back from commercial break. They said they took Jimmy to the hospital. Man, just <laughs> just a wild segment. And then we capped the night off with Jey Uso challenging Roman Reigns. Yeah, and I, I am I am 
so excited for that SummerSlam match because I know it's going to be like WrestleMania 39 and it's going to be like Survivor Series. I'm my heart's set on J- on Jay winning. Yep. Even though I know I knew Sammy wasn't going to win, my heart still wanted Sammy to win. Yep. Uh, Cody, I thought Cody was winning, and that hurt right twice as much with Jimmy. Like with Jay, I don't know. Right. But my heart is fully behind him, and sure. if he wins, I'm not going to complain. Yep. I am going to be so excited. I think it's going to be great. The storytelling is going to be fantastic in it. Um, we may see a turn. We may not. Who knows? Mm. But it's it's going to be a wild ride when we get there. It really is. Um, it's it's going to be insane. Like I think I think we said it last week. I know Sam Roberts has said it. Like WWE is going to do their absolute darndest yep. to convince us between now and SummerSlam, which is only three weeks away. Yeah. Uh, four, maybe something like that. Anyway, regardless, August 5th is SummerSlam. Um, they're going to do their darndest to convince us that Jey Uso is going to win yeah. the Undisputed Championship, yeah. and he's not, but no. he's going to come so ever so close. Yeah. And we talked about the callbacks and the Money in the Bank match. There's going to be so many for the SummerSlam there match. Is. Get ready. Yeah, it's 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 going to be wild, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Could it be the best match WWE puts on all year long? Uh, probably not because that triple threat between Drew, Sheamus, and Walter is is hard to beat. Yes. <laughs> it's very, very hard to beat. I agree with that. I definitely agree. All right, let's move on to some other things on SmackDown. EO Sky teasing a cash in, of course, with Bailey's help. We mentioned it last week that Bailey's going to somehow get involved yeah. with all that. I know that we don't like failed cash ins. Yeah. But for storyline purposes, the women have never had a failed cash in. Yeah. Do you think? Do you? What do you think are the chances that we might get one just because of the Bailey situation, and like maybe she talks EO into cashing in, and then she costs EO or something? Yeah. What I, do you think? Honestly, I think if the roles were reversed and Bailey was holding the briefcase, I think she would be more likely to fail. Okay. I think because it's EO holding it, I, I think the prospect of EO and Oscar is better than the prospect of there being the first failed cash in. And even when they wrestle, like I could still see EO losing to Oscar, mm-hmm. but I don't think they want, I don't think they want her to lose just because of Bailey. Like, I, I know you. that would, I, that would add more to the storyline, but sometimes the match doesn't need to be suffered for a storyline sake. I think you could do something afterwards to, to build to that as well. And they've hopscotched the title around yeah. with Asuka and all that kind of stuff, even though Asuka was the one to break Bianca's record. Yeah. Or not break it, but end it, yeah. rather. Uh, it still doesn't signal to me that, like, Asuka's unbeatable or right. whatever. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I could easily see EO cashing in the briefcase and then in the rematch, Asuka winning it back yeah. with with Bailey getting involved yeah. or whatever. I could see that, too. You know. All right. Another big thing we mentioned, talk show off the top, Grayson Waller effect, Edge being the guest, Grayson Waller sort of teasing the Edge retirement, Edge sort of shying away from it, saying he's not retiring, but he did a little reminiscing there. Yeah. Um, I don't really, I don't. I don't like to speculate about that because we're inching closer and closer <laughs> it's happening at some point. to that August the 18th date. I've got that date emblazoned in my brain. Yeah. August the 18th. I think it's the 18th. Yeah, 18th is the SmackDown in Toronto. It's coming up. I don't know if it happens there or if we wait again, if they've talked him into staying for another year. But all that to say, the talk show turned into Grayson Waller's first match against Edge. What a fantastic match, man. Yeah, it was really good. I I think if they were waiting for this moment for Grayson Waller, they did the right thing because 
we talk all the time about like looking good and defeat. Grayson Wall looked good and defeat. Yes, Plus he, he got the thing at the end when Edge said you swam and yep. walked away. Like that like that's all, that's not as good as beating Edge, but that's like the next best thing. Pretty darn close. <laughs> it's the next best thing. So I think I think Grayson Waller is going to be what Austin Theory was supposed to be. Absolutely, I completely agree with that. And two, Edge is at the point of his career where he's picking his opponents. Yeah, he wouldn't wrestle in this match unless he unless he wanted no, it. No, no. So he sees something in Waller. Yeah, for yeah. sure he does. Yeah. So Edge is. I think Edge is a big fanboy for the NXT guys and all that kind of stuff. Oh, which is absolutely. which is fine. Listen, it makes me. That's one of the. That's one of the things that's hard about Adam Cole being in NXT or in AEW mm. is an Adam Cole Edge. Feud and match would be fun. It'd be very fun. Man, that would be wild. I need it. a Johnny and Edge thing. I, hope I need that. a champ. No, I need a champ and Edge. Thing. Champa and Edge. Would That's what I want. It'd be great. I need a heel Champa. I know we just turned well, babyface like, and came back. Kevin Owens and Edge, which we haven't gotten on TV yet. So like that would be amazing if yeah, we got something like that. That would be so good. Um, but Edge, just another fantastic match. There were. I'm not going to name the. Um, wrestling news site that was keeping up with the results of this match and got their information wrong as they said this was edge's first match since wrestlemania that is incorrect um because he wrestled the triple threat match on smackdown and lost to aj styles with Rey mysterio in there. oh yeah i was in the building so no it was not edge's first match since wrestlemania <laughs> not gonna call you out but check your facts all right all that happened on the show yeah what didn't happen on the show yeah was what happened in the dark segment before the show, and that was the appearance of L.A. Knight. Now, I'm, I'll, speaking of people getting things wrong, I was on record on this podcast last week saying there was no way L.A. Knight wasn't was going to be on SmackDown. I was too. Daggum, he wasn't on SmackDown. I also said that we're, they're not stupid enough to keep him off the show. Apparently, I'm eating my words now because they yep. weren't. Listen, the pop that that man got on a, on a dark segment <laughs> yep. was... Probably the second loudest pop of the night behind Roman. Yep. And even then, like, it was it was pushing it. Yep. So, I just... That's part of the reason why I have a problem with the segment, the Bloodline segment going that long. Mm-hmm. Is that easily could have gone to LA Knight. LA Knight. Yep. Or somebody else. Sure. But, like, this is what makes me nervous about LA Knight and WWE is because... They do stuff like this mm-hmm. <laughs> to where they don't push them. They don't help them. They don't even put them on TV. Mm-hmm. They put it up on YouTube, and within like the first 12 hours, it had over a million views. <laughs> yeah. Like, people, it's not just a phase at this point. Yep. Like, we're past the phase point with LA Knight. People want to see LA Knight do something. Yep. I think he will. I think he'll. I think I still think there's a really good chance he wrestles Austin Theory and finally ends the probably the worst United States Championship reign of all time. And hopefully he does something from there, but it just, it still makes me nervous because that was evidence. It's Madison square garden, one of the most over guys in the company and you don't find a spot for him on the main show. Yep. And that makes me very nervous. Yeah. I agree with that. Uh, I definitely agree. Like I'm, I'm not saying that they're trying to take him away from us, but I also think that they are, trying to take him away from us and the fact that we want him more. Yeah. So when he does show up, it's that big Austin-type deal of, you know, he's organically gotten yeah. over. Because Austin organically got over, mm-hmm. if, if you people don't remember that. Yeah. He organically got over, just like, you know, Daniel Bryan and all yeah. these people. So I think WWE is looking at their cards saying, okay, well, if we hold on to it, 
you know, it's bigger when we let it go. So I think they're just, I'm not saying that what they're doing right now is wrong. I still think they're trying to figure it out. Yeah. Because I don't think this was the original plan for LA Knight. No. Because no. a couple of weeks ago, heading into Money in the Bank, it was probably three weeks before Money in the Bank. Maybe you have an exact timeline here. But when he wrestled Rey Mysterio and he got cheered. Yeah. They were still trying to get heat on him. He still tried to take Ray's mask off yeah. and, and do all the things. And he got cheered for it. <laughs> exactly. So they were still, they were proving to us they're yeah. trying to get heat on him and yeah. it's not working. Right. So now they're having to pivot and maybe it's an idea of, well, we can't just shove him out there because we want to make sure the plan that we have is good and it's going to work. So holding all their cards, I think that may be where they're coming from. Yeah. I don't know for sure though. Yeah, and if they were anywhere else in the world, that's fine. I yeah, Madison I Square Garden though. I know, like even a backstage segment. I know something. Yeah, just something. I agree. All right, moving from SmackDown over to Raw. You mentioned the United States Championship, and the, the comment stuck out in this interview to me. If you guys haven't listened to Ryan Satin's interview with Seth Rollins this week, yeah. Oh my gosh, very good. Go back and listen. I don't care what you think about Ryan Satin, ladies and gentlemen. Go back and listen to the Seth Rollins interview. I mentioned the United States title because that was in the discussion about him being world heavyweight champion and the need for another title, and he mentioned the U.S. title, yada, 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 whatever. Yeah. But all that to say, go listen to that interview. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, on Monday Night Raw, we talked, uh, I guess it was right before Money in the Bank, about if we were okay with the dissension within the Judgment Day and all that kind of stuff. Well, now we're starting to see some dissension in another group on Monday Night Raw, mm-hmm. and that's Imperium. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? I don't think I don't think Giovanni's leaving, okay. but I do think we're adding a new member. You think Dragonoff's? I be? think Dragonoff's going to join Imperium, and okay. uh, yes, <laughs> I am very excited about if that happens. You know, I could see Giovanni leave, getting kicked out though. I could because Dragonoff. And Kaiser look alike. Yeah. So you put those two that look alike together with yeah. Gunther, I, I, yeah. just because of that. Now here's we're gonna go in a rabbit hole for a minute. Oh, but this is I just want to see I want to test the waters and see where you're at. Are we ready to have the discussion about Gunther or Walter, whatever you want to call him, being the greatest intercontinental champion of all time? Absolutely not. Uh, and when I say intercontinental champion, I mean one like if you look at the reign. Is this the, one of the greatest, if not the greatest, Intercontinental Championship reigns of all time? Oh, yeah. I can say that for sure, that this is one of the greatest reigns of all time. Mm-hmm. But is he the greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time? Absolutely not. No. I think he's in the discussion. He's getting there. Like, I, I, it's especially like with how the Intercontinental Championship has been treated over the last decade. What needs to happen in order for him to get into that discussion is when he drops the title. It's going to be so important to see what the next person does. Yeah. Because he's he has brought it to a prestige. I can yeah. I 100% agree with that. But now it's going to be up to the next person mm-hmm. and the next person to bring it back up. Once we get to that point, maybe Gunther goes back and gets it again. Yeah. Um I mean, I know he's going to he's a future world champion. We know right. that. But yes, this is one of the greatest individual reigns of all time. But no, he's not one of the greatest intercontinental champions of all time. Because there are guys in that, like The Rock, mm-hmm. Triple H. I mean, you have to throw Jeff Jarrett in there because he had, um, he had one of the his 
one of the most amounts of reigns in history. Mm-hmm. Owen Hart, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart. I mean, all of these, Seth Rollins, all of these guys who have made the Intercontinental title what it is. Randy Orton. Yeah. Now, I don't think Gunther's in that category yet. He's getting there, though. I think he's getting there. I think he's, I, personally, I think he's there because he literally brought it out of obscurity. Like, it was nothing. Right. It was absolutely nothing sure. before I, he, he held it. But I agree. I think whoever holds it next will determine a lot of about what it is. Yep. And if that somebody is Drew McIntyre, which I could absolutely see it being Drew McIntyre, I think it's in good hands. But I just, I we haven't seen someone be the Intercontinental Champion and be this dominant since I can remember when. Absolutely, since the honky tonk man, brother. Um, even like, but even listen, even with the <laughs> yes, honky tonk man, but like, he was a dominant, right? Know. But it's just I don't I I think that's part of the reason why I think he should be in the discussion is we have I don't know if we've ever seen an intercontinental championship reign like this before, right? And it, and it's it's working like it should because we always talk about how the U.S. and the intercontinental championship is to get whoever's holding it to the next level. that next level. Yep. And if Gunther has done anything, he's proven yes. he's more than ready for that next level. Agreed. Austin Theory, on the other hand, is not even ready for the U.S. level. <laughs> he's definitely had a big fall from grace, that's for sure. Listen, that Cena promo is Tore a him down. thousand percent right at this yep. point. <laughs> Tore him down big time. Um, speaking of the Intercontinental title and the man that Gunther took the title from, Ricochet. Yeah, getting the biggest spotlight that he has had in years, yeah, maybe man. his whole WWE career, in this promo with Logan Paul. What do you think about this? I mean, obviously this pairing is going to be a spectacle. Right. Like they're going to do some crazy things. But what do you think about well, like what's been going on? I know Logan Paul called him out on his podcast. Yeah, and you know they're blurring the lines for sure. I think. Yeah, uh, I don't think that was all just a shoot or whatever. No. But thoughts on this whole situation, the promo they had on Monday, that kind of thing. Yeah, Logan Paul's lost a lot and he needs a win. <laughs> yeah. Here's your win. Yep. Uh, I think it's going to be fun, though. I mean, they pulled out the NXT spot where he jumped over the rope and everything else, which yep. is still one of the craziest things that I've ever seen a human being do and land it perfectly. Because yep. here's the thing with the NXT. That was taped. Right. So we don't know how many. It probably took one try, but like yeah. you never know. It could have taken more than This one. was live. Yeah, and, and he landed it. Not even didn't even flinch. No. Doesn't land it perfectly. Um, yeah, this is probably the biggest spot Ricochet has been in since getting murdered by Brock yep. at that Crown Jewel, whatever. Mm-hmm. That was a waste of time. Um, this is probably the biggest spot he's been in, mm-hmm. and I think he's going to do really well. Don't think he wins, nope. but I think I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be very interesting to see what they do with Logan Paul after this. I agree, and it'll be interesting to see what they do with Ricochet after this. Yeah. You know, however he does, I'm sure he's going to do well against Logan Paul, like I said, but where does this put him on the card? Yeah. Because a Logan Paul singles match we, we've seen is a big deal. Yeah. You know, they don't give it to too many people, so they give it to Ricochet for a reason. Now, whether that reason is, you guys had a big collision that made headlines at the Royal Rumble. Let's put you guys together, whether it's that or not. Mm-hmm. If you're only getting Logan Paul for specific pay-per-views. You want to use them where you can exactly yeah and getting and getting ricochet in that spot i think that's big that's big all right let's move on to some AEW quick hitters before we get out of here you mentioned nick wayne earlier the young prodigy made his debut on dynamite yes he was good i'm not picking him apart he was good but is there too much hype around him like is is it too much too soon he's only 18 yeah is it too much too soon 
I don't think so because I think the point of the video package and everything was emotional investment. It was, and I, they got it. Like, like I, I am a big Nick Wayne fan now because of those video packages. Sure, and I think if it was too much too soon, he would have won. Mm. I think the fact that he lost, yeah, tells a lot. Yeah, and sure. I think I think he fits in right in with the AEW mold. I he think does. he fits right in with the AEW crowd. Um, credit to Swerve because. I think Swerve played a big part in making him look as good as he did. Swerve needed a win, too. He did, and people forget how great Swerve is, and I think he needed this. But for his first match, dude turned 18 on Monday. Yeah. like, And he's already on TV and didn't look out of place. Yeah. And that's the thing that that sticks out to me the most is there are a lot of, like, 25-year-olds in NXT that get thrown on for the first time that look lost and out of place. Um. He's 18, and you could tell this is family business. Yep. And he's, he, I think he said he was in the ring like six months. He was like being held in the ring. And mm-hmm. as soon as he started walking, he was in a ring and all this other yep. stuff. Like, it's just in his blood. I think, I think he's got a really bright future. And I think they did a really good job of hyping him up and giving him the emotional investment yep. so that people actually cared. It wasn't just like, oh, Nick Wayne, here's the story. They built it over the last couple of weeks to make it feel yep. really, really important. Here's the reason I asked too much hype too soon and is this too much pressure. And I'm about to go down a rabbit hole and you're probably not going to like what I'm about to say. That's but fine. The example that I immediately thought of with this whole thing is Hook. Because it was so much hype surrounding yeah. Hook. And he had an incredible debut. I'm not taking anything away from his debut and, and whatever. I don't think... Hook is as bright of a star as everybody thinks he is. That's my opinion. Mm -hmm. So I'm just afraid that with the pedestal that Hook got put on, and now to me, like the stuff with Jungle Boy, it's fine. It is what it is. But it's not like it makes me feel like it's a step down from the pedestal that he has been put on. And I just don't want the same thing to happen to Nick Wayne. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I I get that. I think... Personally, I love Hook, and I think Hook. Sure. I think Hook, and most people do, and yeah. that's fine. And I, to me, I think what made Hook so special is he didn't wrestle a lot all the time, and he was like a special, like when his music hit, you knew things were about to go down. Sure, like that was that kind of thing. Um, but I, I get what you're saying with this whole Jungle Boy Jack Perry thing that he's going through. Um, I think what's different about Nick Wayne and Hook is Hook was from the beginning posed as this dominant threat killer. Okay. Nick Wayne is just a dude trying to live up to his dad's legacy. I got you. And I think that's a big difference between, I mean, it's worked for Cody all these years. So I think, I think it's not a, it's not a bad step to go in. I got you. Okay. Only time will tell. Like I'm excited to see what happens with Nick Wayne. I love the, the vignettes that they did. The emotional storytelling, like you said, so I think it was really good. Well, only time will tell. Yeah. Um, Jericho and commander kicked the night off on AEW and man, <laughs> it was cringeworthy. Really? I, ugh, I was not a fan. I didn't hate it. I thought it was, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was okay, but like you could tell, like him finishing, Jericho finishing the match with a traditional line tamer yeah. was amazing. Yeah. I, I want him to do that way more often, but dude, I just felt like Jericho was three steps behind trying to keep up with him the whole time. And the code breaker spot was just awful. Yeah. It just, it just felt like to me that it showcased 
how many steps that Jericho has lost. Well, I think if he was in there with like a big bill, that would be a problem. But when you're in there with a guy like Commander, like I, most people in AEW are going to be a step or two behind Commander and well, what he's doing. That's a good point, too. I get that. And I think that was part of the showcase was like, here's this fast upcoming kid, the commander who's like four steps ahead of Chris Jericho. Oh, but then the lion tamer gets put in and it doesn't matter how fast you are. You're getting tamed. Like, I, I think, you. I think that was the story going into it, which I didn't have a big problem about. I am enjoying though, Jericho and Don Callis and yes. figuring out if he's going to be in or not. They gave Jake Hager personality for the first time ever. And I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> I absolutely loved it. So I, I think this is some of the best stuff Jericho has done in like the last two years in AEW. Probably. I'm anxious to see what happens with Jericho and Callis. I really am. I think I, this could be where the babyface turn happens. I hope so. And then maybe he rides off into the sunset as a babyface. Probably. But yeah. who knows? But I think we still got some time before he's officially done done. I love Jericho, but I think he needs to hang it up. Just my opinion. <laughs> All right. Man, that is going to do it. What a loaded show we had today. Appreciate you guys hanging with us. Hope you enjoyed. Dig, uh, hope you were digging what we were doing. Uh, let us know. We want to talk about what you want to hear about. So hit us up on social media at PBW Podcast, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Andy is at Andy underscore PBWP. I am at Chris Belcher 24. Show is available each and every Friday wherever you find your podcast. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you like the video and subscribe to the YouTube channel and support our friends over at Sportswire Radio. And WrestleBuddy. Almost forgot WrestleBuddy. I had a brain fart there for a second. <laughs> Speaking of all that, today it begins my hiatus for the Pipe Bomb Wrestling Podcast. Andy is going to hold down the fort yep. for seemingly the next several weeks. Yep. Um, my timetable of return is TBD. <laughs> but... As the Stinger used to say, you never know when I'm going to pop in from time to time. Yeah. So we shall see how how, how all that's going to go. But no, in all seriousness, Andy's going to do a fantastic job holding down the fort. Uh, baby number two is coming in my family, so I'm going to take a little break from doing the show. Won't be taking a break from wrestling, though. I'll, I'll be in the know, and I'll be, like I said, I'll be dropping in. We'll, we'll see what happens <laughs> from time to time. All right. Appreciate you guys being tuned in. Again, subscribe on your way out. Download our show. Um, like the YouTube video, we would appreciate it. For Mr. Andy York, my name is Chris Belcher. This has been the Pie Bomb Wrestling Podcast. We will catch you guys down the road.